glad that you're with us this morning. Well, I have the distinct honor and the privilege to introduce you to you this morning. Uh, uh, Pastor Steve Agallis and his wife Jackie. She's back home still overseeing the fort, if you will. But Pastor Steve is with us. Very, very dear friends with Pastor Steve and, and Jennifer. But he pastors Destiny Worship Center in Destiny, Florida. Everybody go, ah, right? And so anyway, so he has the, the great privilege of pastoring there. A church of 4,500 people has been there for 15 years now and just has a Bible school and uh, just K through eighth grade. He's just doing, he's just impacting the whole South Beach area. And they're even talking about going into Fort Walton. So we are so excited to have you here with us this morning, Pastor Steve. And he has done a tremendous job. He's been talking about the last segment of Lean In and about leaning into giving. And so we've talked about leaning into worship and the Word last week with Pastor Steve. And so this week he's going to talk about leaning into giving. So I want us to give him a warm Church of the King welcome. Come on, Church of the King. Let's all stand up and warm and welcome him. All the way from 38. Come on. Come on. Thank you so much. Hey, give it to Jesus. Come on, everybody. Find the gear and give it to him. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. It's so good to be with you, Church of the King here in Mandeville. And hope you all all having a great summer. Y'all having a great summer, huh? So good. How many of you have gotten a chance to come to Destin, Florida, 38th uh, during this summer or this year? Let me see your hand. Oh, my goodness. Wow, wow, wow. Listen, how many of you wish you were there? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, we, uh, we send greetings from uh, Destin, Florida, and the 30A area, and we're so grateful, uh, really, to be, really, we're more than friends. We're family, uh, spiritual family together, and uh, I consider your, your pastor, Pastor Stephen, his amazing wife, Jennifer, just dear, dear friends, wise, godly, strategic, I just tell you, I lean on him. Uh, I mean, you know, you're blessed with a great, great leader, huh? Come on, why don't you, why don't you give them a great big hand? And the, the leadership team and the executive team, you are a blessed people, Church of the King. Listen, uh, I know that you were, uh, I'm landing the plane on Lean In. We talked about leaning into worship, how it postures our heart and opens it up to receive the word. And last week, Pastor Steve talked about the word, how infallible, how enduring how it's worth trusting and believing the blueprint of our life, you know, how to live our lives through the Word. And today we're going to lean in to giving because really it's a threefold cord. It was the hallmark of the church in the book of Acts, the New Testament church. They would meet at the temple to worship Almighty God. They would gather together and break bread and from house to house and in the temple as they studied the Scriptures. And they would do something radical, and that is to, to, to lean into giving. It was, it, was a, it was a threefold cord. As a matter of fact, it was on the day of Pentecost, everyone. You know, Jesus uh, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and then, then the Holy Spirit fell, and Peter preached this amazing message in the book of Acts. 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. And when they gave their life to Christ, something happened to them. Something gripped their hearts. Hear me. And they did something that was so radical. Something so extravagant. Something that was so spontaneous. And it's found in Acts 2.45. I want you to see this as it comes up on the screen. It, it says that they sold their possessions and their goods. They were so overwhelmed by this amazing, 
amazing outpouring of God's spirit and God's love and God's forgiveness and God's righteousness. So much had overwhelmed them that they divided them amongst all as anyone had need. They really lived a life that was like this. If I can show you a picture, they didn't live their lives with closed fists. They lived their lives like this. This was the hallmark of the New Testament church. They're like, it's too much. It's, it's, we've been blessed so much. We cannot just think of ourselves anymore. I want you to know something. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, chapter 4, look at this. It says, look not every man to his own things, on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. How many know that God wants us to take care of ourselves, be responsible, be faithful, provide for our own? Yes or no? Of course he does. But God says, don't let it stop there. Because if it stops there, then you're like this. But if you begin to look at your brothers and your sisters in need, if you begin to think kingdom and, and what God wants to accomplish through you and through your generosity, then you'll begin to live like this. And it was the hallmark of the church. I give this definition for the word giving as it comes up on the screen. I say, it's God's design to get us outside of, say this last word, everybody. It's God's design. God says the best way I can do is to, put, to, 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 to impart this principle of generosity to get outside of yourself and to begin to look beyond just you. I think that's so important. I, I come to realize, I've got, a, I've got we've, we have four campuses right now and my campus pastor, our Crestview campus, has four young kids. And three of them are in Destiny Kids. And uh, three of them are in Destiny Preschool. One's in Destiny Kids. It's a great, great campus. And uh, he was wanting his, he's wanting his, his, his oldest son to learn how to give, how to share. And how many of you know that uh, that's easier said than done? And he's wanting to teach his kids how to share. And in kids' church, you get these Destiny dollars. When you come to church, when you memorize your scripture, when you bring your Bible, you know what I'm saying, when you don't act up, we give out destiny dollars. Those are very valuable dollars. Matter of fact, they're more valuable than U.S. dollars because we don't print them like crazy. <laughs> and so we've got these destiny dollars, you know, and, and at the end of the month, kids can trade in their destiny dollars for at the destiny store and get all, you know, all sorts of stuff. Well, uh, Ben, the older son, uh, uh, got these lollipops, these big old swirly lollipops, you know, and he had one he was going to town on and one in his back pocket. And his brother's just looking at him like, hey, man, how can, you've got two and I've got none. I know you're going to share. He's waiting on some, you know, for an offer and dad's watching. Is he going to share? And he didn't share. Next month, it was kind of heartbroken. He was wrestling. Do I make him share? I don't want him to have to share. I want him to want to share. Next month, he goes to Destiny's store, gets two more lollipops, going to town on him again in front of his brother. All of a sudden, he reaches back to his back pocket, and he says, Gabe, this one's for you. Oh, man, Dad's fighting back tears, about to break down in the foyer. He goes... Taking you to Walmart and buying you anything you want. He 
was so moved that he didn't have to, that he wanted to, that he didn't live like this. He lived like this. And I want you to know our Father in heaven wants us to live like this. Can I hear a great big amen? That's his heart, everybody, that we would live like this. And I I feel like, you know, the sermon series is called Lean In, the why behind the what. I want to just give you five whys behind, five components of giving that I believe really uh, is the why behind this generosity, this spirit of giving. And number one, it's called the revelation. Everybody say revelation. It's the revelation of giving. It's having a great understanding, an eye-opening, an aha moment, if you will, to be able to recognize, hear me, everybody, to be able to recognize this one truth and to see it in a way you've never seen it before. And that is this, that you have received more than you will ever give. Only the children of, the children of, Israel, the children of Israel in the days of Acts realized, wait a minute, God Almighty has given me more than I'll ever give back. God God gave them uh, His Spirit. God gave them uh, His love, His acceptance. God gave them forgiveness. God gave them righteousness. When they all got saved, God gave them holiness, righteousness. He gave them all of it, tangibles, intangibles. God is a gracious, generous God. And they realize, wait a minute. How can we not? How can we not share what we have seeing God himself has shared everything with us? Everybody take a deep breath. Come on, take a deep breath, a real big one. Now, I know I said take it, but I want you to understand something. God gave that to you. God's given you soundness of mind and mobility. God's given you family. God's given you love. God's given you his spirit. If your children are next to you, your loved ones next, God's God's given you family. God's given you a roof over your head, food on your table. God's given you ability, know-how, wisdom. Every good and perfect gift has come from above. How in the world can we not release and give God a tithe of what comes in? How can we not lean in to this generosity of giving of 10% of our income to God so others can have what we have and receive what we've received from Almighty God? How can we not we have to and we should do it cheerfully I saw this in 2 Corinthians 9 7 you'll love this so let each one give as he's purposed in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity we'll visit that in a second for God loves a finish it everybody a what a the people that are cheerful are the people that have this revelation that they have received more than they'll ever give. And that's why they're cheerful. Have we received more from God? Yes or no? Come on, somebody. Absolutely we have. And all the things that I mentioned previously, God has given us more than we'll ever receive. Now, if you look at this, not grudgingly or of necessity, when I hear that phrase, you know what I think about? Taxes. Come on, be honest with me. How many of us are like, great, April 15th's coming around. I gotta pay Uncle Sam. 
It's grudgingly. And it's of necessity. Because he'll come after you. But with all seriousness, God forbid that we should treat the tithe with the attitude of taxes. You know why we treat taxes with this attitude? Because down deep, we know the government takes more than it gives. Come on. And that's a whole nother message. And I'll let Steve, Pastor Steve, clear all that up. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. God told the children of Israel when they were wanting a king, he's going to take the best from you. Let me be your king. He says, he'll take the best of your land, the best of your troops, the best of your crops, the best of your fields. He'll take more than he'll, than he'll ever give back to you. That's why we're cheerful givers because we don't see the tithe as a tax, but we understand that there's a percentage. And you think about it. Government takes 15, 20, 28, 40, 43, 45. And here God says, would you just give back 10% of your income as I have lavished on you something you'll, you'll never outgive? How can we not be generous givers? Amen, everybody? Cheerful givers. I was talking to, I was talking to uh, my, my campus pastor, Pastor Wayne from, from Panama City Beach. It, it was a great story. He, uh, he called me one day and he says, Pastor, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, that does not sound like good news. He goes, I, I, I want you to hear it from me first. And I promise it'll never happen again. My mind's going to a thousand different places of what he's done. How I many you know that we're all one step away from stupid? I said, Boyne, what is it? Tell me. He said, Pastor Steve, he said, I forgot to take up the tithes and offerings at the nine o'clock service. I said, thank God that's all it was. He goes, how can you be so gracious about it? I said, hear me. It's okay. Two things. I said, those that have the revelation that they've received more than they'll ever give, they're going to bring it in. They're going to mail it in. They're going to go online and give it. They're not going to cheat God. They're going to give God his 10%. Why? Because they've got the revelation that they've received more than they'll ever give. And I said, don't worry about it. You don't have to track them down. They'll bring it to the house of God. Like they brought it to the apostles' feet in the book of Acts. Amen, somebody. I said, number two, here's the second thing. You ready? He goes, what is it, pastor? I said, don't ever let that happen again. <laughs> ever. Can I say this to you? Let's step out of giving for a second and think about forgiving. Do you believe in your heart that you'll forgive more than you've been forgiven? But pastor, you don't realize what was done to me. You don't know how I was abandoned. You don't know how bad I was abused. You don't know what I've walked through. Hear me. We'll never forgive more than we've been forgiven. The Bible says if we've broken one law, we've broken all the laws. The Bible says if you've looked at someone with lust, you've committed that act. If you've hated your brother, it's as if you've murdered your brother. The Bible says we're all guilty, we've all sinned, and we've all sinned greatly. But he, when we realize we have been forgiven of so much, we won't do this. Look at me, everyone, please. We won't do this with our forgiveness. We'll do this with our forgiveness.
It's not just giving, it's forgiving. It's understanding. I have received more than I will ever give. Number two is this. It's the affection of giving. It's the passion. It's the why behind the what. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 2, set your affections on things above. Think the way God would want you to think. Steward the way God wants you to steward, not on things on the earth. You and I have the ability to set our affections, to set our hearts, to make them just focus in on ourselves or focus in on those around us that need a change, that need what we have. That's what I love about the children uh, in the book of Acts, the church in the, in the book of Acts. They knew that they had a, 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 to share what they had and leaned into their giving in order for others to have what they had. They had an affection for giving. The reality is this. There's two rich men in the Bible that I want to talk to you about. Just two quick little snippets, two little stories And they're both rich. And let me just say this. God doesn't mind us being rich. He does mind if riches and blessings get the best of us and control us. Two rich men in the Bible. One said to himself, I'm going to tear down my barns and build more. I've got a five bedroom and I'm going to build a ten bedroom. I'm going to tell my soul, take it easy. Take trips, enjoy life. Just think of yourself. The Bible says that night God came to him and he said, you fool, how can you think like that? You're going to have to give an account of not only what you've done, but what you've been given. And the Bible says in Luke 12, 21, look at this. So is he who lays up treasure for, say this word, everybody, himself and is not rich towards God. And God was disappointed with his, he wasn't disappointed that he blessed him. He was disappointed with his reaction to it. But there was a rich man that was also a disciple. And he saw the lifeless body of Jesus hanging on a cross. And the Bible tells us that in Matthew 27, as it comes up on the screen, that this rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. Look at this. Then he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. Do you know what he did with, with Jesus' body? He put it in his own grave. And he used what he had. Hear me. He used what he had. Hear me. He used what he had. His influence and his affluence. To fulfill Jesus' destiny. To fulfill Jesus' prophecy over his life. Remember it was said in Isaiah that he would make his death with the wicked. How many know that he was crucified between two thieves? Yes or no? But he would also make his grave with the rich. That here's a man not thinking earthly, but thinking heavenly. Not thinking for himself, but for the kingdom. And he said, I'm going to go use what I have. And he went and he knocked on Pilate's door. No fisherman could have done that. Peter couldn't, James couldn't, John couldn't. He was, listen to me, when God has done something in your life and blessed you in an overwhelming way, God says, I've given that to you as an influence and as an affluence in order to change the world and the life and the destiny of people around us. And the church of Acts did that and church of the king will do that. Can I hear a great big amen? That's gonna be us. 
when I think about that. Joseph of Arimathea, helping complete the story of Jesus. Um, when we started our church, we borrowed a keyboard. And uh, we thought we'd have it for a little while, but the people that lent us the keyboard uh, asked for it back after our first Sunday. How many know that you need instruments and music to drown out bad singing? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I said, we need something bad. And a uh, pastor friend of mine calls me and he says, order whatever you need. I'll even pay for the overnight FedEx shipping for you to have it by the weekend. I've told that story of how his generosity kept us going. And his generosity became a part of our story. About 60 days ago, I found out that his church burnt down. Squirrels were in his attic biting some wires, I guess, and caused a fire. All that was left was the cinder block and the steel. Can I say this to you? All squirrels are, are rats with pretty tails. <laughs> Don't ever regret when you run over them. Just keep on going. <laughs> Don't. Remember the burnt down church and just keep on going. I want you to know something. I said, man, what are you going to do? Are you going to take 1,500 people? He said, uh, he said, Pastor Steve, he said, we're just pitching a tent. I said, a tent? It's hot, humid, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take over a year. He said, we're not ready to go portable, we're looking for a school. I, I said, he says, I found out that there's a foreclosed church that the bank owns but the insurance company's holding on to our check and we need to get that church building and we need 20% down to buy this church and we don't have the means to do that so short, no, such short notice. And I said to him, now we're in the middle of a multi-million dollar building expansion ourselves back in, down in South Walton. I said, we'll give you that money. He goes, no, you can't do that. I said, yes, I can. Yes, we can. You wrote our story 15 years ago and we're going to be a part of your story 15 years from now that God used our generosity the same way God used your generosity because that's the heart Jesus would want us to have. Come on, somebody. This is why it's so important. Hear me. This is why it's so important that God says, I, I don't mind you blessing you. I just don't want your blessings to get the best of you where you're not rich towards God. You don't think of kingdom work. That you, that you keep the tithe rather than bring the tithe to the church in order to spread the gospel and make a change and to win souls and so others to have what you have and to be blessed the way we're blessed. Amen. That's the affection of generosity. Number three, there's the compassion of generosity. How many of you have ever seen the movie The Blind Side? With, uh, remember the movie The Blind Side? Sandra Bullock trying to talk Southern. Anybody know that movie? It's a great movie. What I love about that movie is the fact that here she is white, female, and rich. 
and dry in her SUV as her husband's driving it. And she drives by a black, poor man who's soaked, whose clothes are in a Walmart bag. And she tells her husband, stop, stop, stop. We're going to take him in. And it's totally different spectrums they're at. 180 degrees difference. The reality is this. She made sure that she could give her son Michael, that that young man that she would become her son Michael, a life, a family, a love. We get all ooh not over his NFL contract and the fact that he played professional football and he was in the Super Bowl last year. That doesn't matter. That's not why she took him in. She took him in because there was a compassion in her heart to make, listen to me, to make him rich where he was poor because he was poor with love, poor with family, poor in hope. And she said, I'm going to give him and help him become rich in family, in hope, in love. Come on, somebody. That's what it's all about. That's why, that's why we lean in. We lean in. We lean in to those that don't have. We lean in to New Orleans. We lean in to the vision of this house. We lean in to spreading campuses. We lean in to going online to wherever we can go online and get the word of God out. We lean in. And it doesn't matter if if those around us are incarcerated or free, if they're white or if they're black, if they're poor, if they're rich. There's a compassion in us because there was a compassion showed to us. Let me, let, me, let me show you a verse of scripture. Go to the next slide, please. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, rich in love, rich in hope, rich in every way in heaven with his father, yet for your sake he became poor. That you through his poverty, he emptied himself, you might become rich. Let me just tell you something. Jesus was holy, we were unholy. Jesus was righteous, we were unrighteous. Jesus was filled with love and we were filled with hate. Jesus was 180 degrees opposite of us, but yet he poured out what he had in order to make us rich where we were poor. And today we're rich in righteousness and hope and love. And this is the power of generosity and living life like this. Can I hear you an amen? It's what it's about. Number four, the conviction of giving. There's a conviction that I have about giving that when I live like this, I'm not just releasing my tithes and my offerings. I'm also positioning myself to receive that these hands can both release something to God. But hear me, these hands can also receive something from God. Do you believe that today? I do. I believe Philippians 4, 9 says that my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God will supply our need. And you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not adding to the scripture, but I know this. God has not just supplied our need. How many of you would say that God has done something extra special for you sometime in your life that was more than just your need? Come on, let me see your hand. Somewhere, come on, everybody, all throughout the house. 
It's not just the meal. It's the dessert. How many of you know that we need dessert to complete the meal? My wife says, no, honey, you need a digestive enzyme. I said, no, I don't. I just need dessert. (laughs) Dessert helps me digest. Can I get a witness? I need it. And, And listen to me. God not only supplies the meal, we all can say with true conviction, God has supplied some dessert along our path, along our life. He has. I know he has. There was a time when I was believing the Lord for a Hartman briefcase. I wanted one. Somebody said, Pastor, you got to get one. So I went to the Hartman outlet at Sandestin to look at it. There were still 500 bucks. I said, whoa, let's wait on that for a little bit. I went to Michigan to a family reunion and my mom and dad are old school. They don't have, they don't have internet at all. And so we got to walk to the coffee house. I told my mom and dad, I said, mom and daddy, I said, Christ is going to return. The rapture is going to happen and you won't know it because you don't have internet. (laughs) You got to get connected to get raptured. That's not true. (laughs) That's not biblical. Okay. So I said that, and, 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 and so we're walking back from the coffee house, and there was a sign on a telephone pole, on oh, cardboard, you know, garage sale with an arrow. I was so bored, I agreed to go. I said, okay, let's go. So I get there, and Jackie's like, hey, there's a briefcase over here. I said, honey, I'm not interested. She goes, it's a Hartman. It is? So let me come look at it. You should, you should see it. It's thin. They don't make them like this anymore. It's not old. It's vintage. (laughs) And it's worn. It's like it had some spills, some scuffs. It looks like you're well-traveled, like you're a somebody. (laughs) And I looked at it, and I was like, my gosh. It's beautiful. It's like the color of my shoes. It's a beautiful brown like that. And I was like, wow. Uh, she said, it's yours. I said, how do you know it's mine? She goes, you pastor Destiny Worship Center, don't you? I said, yes. She's on the side of this briefcase are the initials embossed in the leather of the briefcase, D-W-C. I said, oh, my goodness. Somebody, maybe three, four garage sales ago, just handed down before it got to me. And there it was, embossed with the initials of the church I pastor. The look that I love. And then I said, well, how much is it? And Jackie says, it's a dollar. (laughs) Give them two, honey. (laughs) No exaggeration. Zero in that story. I'm telling you, When you live like this, not only is it a posture of releasing something, it is a posture of receiving. And I believe God has something with our name on it. I do. I believe that with all my heart. It's called the conviction of giving. Listen, God has has something with your name on it. And I believe with all my heart when we have the revelation, the affection, the compassion, the conviction... This is why 
so many of you, and I'm so thankful, and I pray all of you would live like this when it comes to your tithe, when it comes to your offerings, when it comes to leaning into the vision of this house to spread the gospel and the kingdom with great affection, with great revelation that you've received more than you'll ever give. But if that was not enough, there's one more that I think is what we've all asked for when we first got saved. And that's the reflection of giving. Reflection of what? You never look more like God. You never look more like Him when you live like this. The Father did this with the Son. The Son did this with His life on the cross. And He looks at you and I and He says, Will you reflect me? Would you, as I said to you at the beginning, get outside of yourselves and live your life like this? See that you've received more than you'll ever give. Have the affection of spreading the gospel in the kingdom of God, fulfilling the vision throughout this whole region. Would you be compassionate to those that are poor and that you have what it takes to help them? And would you have the conviction that you'll never outgive God, you'll receive something with your name on it? And at the end of the day, will you believe and look and lock it in your heart that you'll never look more like me than when you give? I want you to know something. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's expensive in this world. And it's a, it costs a lot to give. But how many know it wasn't easy for Jesus to go on the cross? Yes or no? It wasn't easy. Pastor, how do you know? Look at this verse in Luke 22 and we'll, we'll pray right after this. Saying, Father, if this is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. What? Say it, everybody. He's, I hear a struggle there. And it goes on to say that angels appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And then the Bible says, and being in, say it everybody, in. He prayed more earnestly. Then his became like great drops of falling to the ground. And that's when I made the connection. And I pray you do too. That Jesus had to press through blood, sweat, and to bring salvation to you and I. And I thought to myself, that's what we do. We exchange a portion of our life at work, 40, 50 hours hard sometimes it's it, it's it's a portion of your life some of you sweat maybe on a rig maybe pouring concrete finishing drywall framing homes maybe with great tears you're waiting tables while your kids are putting themselves to sleep because you can't be there because you got to wait tables and maybe you're having to travel across country and miss some ball game of your child and it's through your blood, sweat and your tears that you make a living and then the call goes out and a pastor stands and says it's time to receive of your tithe it's really saying 
You'll never look more like God than when you give at this moment. But through your blood, through your sweat, and through your tears, you say, here you go, God. Use this tithe to save the lost and reach this region and fill some backpacks and plant that campus in New Orleans and finish it to make poor people rich in love and faith and hope. And I'll do my part because you never look more like God than when you give. You receive that today, Church of the King? Come on. What do you say we bow our heads and we pray together today? Each and every one of us right here. Father, may we lean in. As you've taught us to worship and lift our hands up. As we leaned in to study your word, may we also open up our hands in our giving. And Lord, those that are here today and maybe they've never tithed. Lord, would you open up their eyes to see that they've received more than they'll ever give? And may they step out by faith and give and tithe 10% of their income. You're greater than any government. And you do so much more than just provide. You give us salvation and health and hope and love and breath and soundness. Lord, may we be compassionate with affection to spread and reach this region as a church called Church of the King. May we always be mindful that we'll never go without. You have something with our name on it. And most importantly, Lord, may we always look like you because we never look more like you than when we give. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, give God a great big hand this morning, somebody.